Wall Street is full of corruption and it is baked in to every aspect of our society. MMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level. In the 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This was written over a hundred years ago. This is The Rogue Scholar with Steve Grumbine. All right, everybody, it is Steve today, and we're going to be talking about what I'm retitling from the other night, which was the Inflation Reduction Act. We're going to talk about what it really is tonight, the Deficit Reduction Act. I think it's really important. I'm watching people that, you know, otherwise understand that corporate taxes are a pass-through to consumers not in defense of corporations, it's in defense of you and I. Warren Mosler says that corporate taxes are probably the most regressive tax, almost always regressive taxation, right? Because as I stated the other day, businesses always pass through cost overruns, any increase in cost. And so as you watch pundits, as you watch democratic sycophants, as you watch people who are, their livelihoods, their paychecks depend on being in the good graces of the Democratic Party, you realize in the end that just because you're afraid of Republicans, just because you're afraid of Donald Trump, just because you're afraid of DeSantis, just because you're afraid of the right wing, and I'm terrified of them myself doesn't mean that when you pass a really shitty bill that we're expected to act as partisans and celebrate this bill. Spent a lot of time explaining this. I mean, there's future subsidies for electric cars, folks. $7,500 tax incentive to go buy an electric car. Now, I want you to think about this. How many electric cars out there are even remotely within the price range that a $7,500 haircut would have the average family abandoning their family van and suddenly going ahead and, um, oh, do we have the wrong mic? Let's check. Hold on, guys. Let's check. I saw something in there. Somebody said something. So let's make sure that we've got the right mics before we go any further audio mic yep you're right thank you for saying this brother i appreciate it. i'm glad i caught it too far that should about change the world right there that little click of a button are we back are we good how are we doing now does that work are we good quick quick guys i don't want to waste the hour talking about am i good i want to make sure i'm good am i good am i good am i good can you audience am i good <laughs> is the sound okay now is i gone from scratchy is there anybody with their fingers on the keyboard yay <laughs> all right all right so thank you thank you thank you sorry about that i uh did a podcast last night with another 
group that uses Zencaster. And when I changed my input, it switched back and put it back to the camera input. And the camera's terrible. I mean, camera's good camera, but it's terrible microphone. This baby right here, this pretty damn good microphone. <laughs> pretty damn good microphone. RE20. I love the Electro Voice RE20. All right. Let's get past audio issues now. Let's talk about this for a minute, okay? So the fact is, is that as we look at this Deficit Reduction Act, what they've done is they have, A, number one, made these freaking <laughs> deductions for buying electric vehicles. The average electric vehicles, I mean, we're talking about $35,000, $40,000 for a little teeny box that's an electric vehicle. There are no reasonably priced electric vehicles right now. There really aren't. And even Priuses, which only a select group of people could ride in anyway, okay, are even they're expensive as hell, right? But they're not even a real solution to the problem. We have got no public transportation. Why in the world wouldn't we invest in public transportation? Not only would that help with inflation, but it would also help out with the environment, right? Right. I mean, seriously, but we're gaslit people all over the Internet, people whose lives and whose paychecks depend on currying favor within the Democratic Party, people who have political aspirations within the Democratic Party instead of telling the truth to the American people. Hence this term right here, the gaslight. OK, it was called the Inflation Reduction Act. I've rechanged it because it's not anything about inflation. There's nothing in this bill that really touches inflation. Inflation comes from powerful people weighing on our government and then our government paying higher prices for those things. Anything else other than the government paying a higher price is a relative value story, okay? And the fact of the matter is, is that the government didn't change the prices they're paying for anything. In fact, they're just subsidizing another bourgeois response to this problem by subsidizing freaking electric vehicles? What is this, the ACA of environmental bills? I mean, this is absolutely, it was this cash for clunkers. I mean, this is the level of depravity that is passed. And then we're stuck. We're in this awkward position as activists, as voters, as human beings. Do we allow the polite kids club to lie to us? And that's what they're doing by giving any any credence to this bill at all by making it out to be a good thing. They're gaslighting us. Okay. When you understand that deficit reduction hurts people, you don't go out celebrating deficit reduction. You don't go out celebrating raising corporate taxes because what do corporate raiders do? They sit there and literally pass that cost on to you and I. Okay. So every bit of this bill that was out there is a crock of shit. I want, I want you to see the timeline of this. We were all fighting for a Green New Deal when Bernie Sanders was still in the game. Green New Deal, AOC, Green New Deal, Markey, Green New Deal, all these people, Green New Deal. Joe Biden comes in, I'm not doing a Green New Deal. Forget that shit. Nancy Pelosi, the Green Dream what? So the Green New Deal thrown out the window. Then all of a sudden we got this watered down neoliberal build back better bullshit. Okay. Build back better was already 
exponentially slimmed down Green New Deal. It didn't include Medicare for all. It didn't include a job guarantee. It didn't include a just transition. It didn't include ending student debt. It didn't end, do anything regarding any of the necessities for the building blocks of a Green New Deal. None of it. But dutiful Democrats, dutiful people whose paycheck depends on being favorable to Democrats started saying, hey, Build Back Better is pretty damn good. Let's build back better. Well, you go back in time and you can look at my interview with Emma Katerine on Build Back Better, and she was furious because it's crap. Emma Katerine of the leadership of the Modern Money Network, okay? She said it was crap. She did not want to even organize around Joe Biden. It was infuriating to her, okay? Check it out, macro and cheese. This right here was Definitely one of my favorite episodes because she spoke very, very eloquently about what we were up against. A lot of people lied to us and said they were going to pull Joe Biden to the left. Joe Biden is sitting there, could write student debt off immediately. One of the most important things to free up children and elderly, none of that happening. Okay. Inflation. Why? Because government pays schools, colleges so much that they can keep raising their prices up, but yet they don't put it on the government to fix. They put it on you and I with interest, compounding interest through these fucking student loans. No effort there whatsoever. So we've got no public transportation. We've got no healthcare. And what, what do we talk about with Medicare for all? Medicare for all is 100% a what deflationary program. Warren Mosler said it quite clearly. I, I, one of the interviews I did with Warren years ago, years and years ago, Deficit Al's cut the clip out. You can look it up, go out there and say Warren Mosler, uh, Medicare for all, um, and then say deflationary. And you will immediately find it under the videos. If you go into Google, you will find it immediately. Okay. Nothing about this bill. Nothing about this bill works on inflation. Simultaneously, while you're looking, while you're looking over here to the one side, the Fed is still raising interest rates. So I want you to think about this. People say I'm making it up when I say that austerity is murder and deficit reduction is austerity and thereby extension is murder. But when you've got people in the middle that have maybe a little bit of cushion that can survive and you go up another level and you get the bourgeois that can travel around the world without worrying about where the money's coming from because they just live in life the best way they know how, which is way up here in the jetosphere, okay? They will lose a little bit of money. But the rest of us, the rest of us who have already put off getting our teeth fixed, who have put off getting our bills paid up close to foreclosure, whatever. No, the cost has gone up for everything cost has gone up for everything for us. Okay. And the reality is, is it wasn't anything to do with our wages going because wages certainly aren't going up. It wasn't because of pandemic payments. As we know, Biden didn't even give us $2,000 checks. In fact, some people didn't get anything at all. Each, each, each of the things that are in this bill are garbage, neoliberal trash, things that have been put off for years from now. And we're sitting here getting ready to go into an election season where we're expected 
to celebrate the Democratic Party because there is no alternative because obviously Republicans, right? Just stop right there, Republicans. You don't even have to say anything of the issues. None of the issues matter, nothing. Republicans, Donald Trump, who we're desperate to keep in the limelight, who we want, these media outlets are desperate for clicks. They're desperate for ad revenue. Things have been hurting since Donald Trump got taken off of Twitter and they couldn't do the 24-hour cycle on every tweet he put out there. So now what do they do, right? The Deficit Reduction Act, which is what this is, is an act of austerity. They are going to trim this economy back. They are going to fix inflation by eliminating our buying power, our little people's ability to do nice things for ourselves, or not even nice things, to survive. And that's where the the murder comes in. Because when you're a little person and you don't have you know, a nice retirement, you don't, you didn't marry well. So your husband or your wife has this great job and all this money and family wealth and all the other shit that goes with living in bourgeois areas of Los Angeles or New York city or wherever, when you're regular people, and that isn't your experience, this deficit reduction act is going to hurt you. The average person will not be able to buy an electric vehicle. And, and in the end, we don't have any health care. I mean, every single time I go to the doctor, even with my affordable care, I have a deductible right off the gate, right? Walking in the door, I have a deductible. I have a copay. I have stacks of bills myself, thousands of dollars worth of debt unpaid can't be paid but this made that that much harder for you and i with interest rates going up making things more expensive with them targeting trying to eliminate jobs even though they're talking about job growth but we see these are low-paying jobs and we see many people are working two and three jobs because that's the american way nothing in this bill helps Main Street whatsoever. In fact, it's intended to claw back the gains of Main Street because they're blaming all the problems on you and I. And while the good guys don't blame you and I, they use very, very polite language publicly to describe the evil that was done to us. They use very, very polite, like they try, they, I mean, you can almost see them doing like, Bikram yoga or that hot yoga or whatever the fuck it is, yoga, whether twisting into contortions, trying to make this out to be something we should be excited about, right? Something we should be excited about. And I, I, I've got to tell you, like literally, there was no pull Biden to the left. None. None. There is no meaningful climate legislation, activity, et cetera. There's nothing right now. Nothing. Biden still sitting on student debt, and it is what, August 12th, set to go out August 31st. 
You know, I'm, I'm envisioning, if y'all remember the old Charlton Heston Bible movies from way back in the day when he played Moses and he's parts, they part the Red Sea and he's walking through. And then all of a sudden, as he gets across, he just drops the thing and the waves come in and crash on him. That's what this feels like to me. Except I feel like I'm the guys at the back end waiting for the water to come right in. Who are our champions? Who are our champions for real? It's one thing to say something. Let me, let me explain. It's one thing to say something. We should not have, healthcare should be, this should be, this should be a right, that should be a right. But who is willing to face losing an election to speak the truth? Who is willing to fight and stay in session for days on end and not go home, not break for some vacation, Congress? Who? is doing the hard work and showing the fight, the real fight, not Kenty Cloth performative bullshit. Who is doing that? No one. They're not even using harsh language. They're not even really calling out the things that are impacting regular people. It's almost as if we're invisible. It's almost as if they don't care. I'm saying almost as if. The fact is they need us desperate because we got too much fat during the pandemic. The great resignation occurred, right? They needed to pull them people back. They can't have those people making decisions for themselves. They can't have those people free of the burden of this crap. So they've invested $150 billion in IRS agents as part of the Deficit Reduction Act. They have invested $150 billion in putting more IRS agents out there. Now, the reason, unfortunately, still stands that we need that money, we got to get that money, because if we don't get that money, the government won't be able to fund these programs. We know that's not true. And yet, at the same time, it remains the law of the land. It remains the going standard definition that we need these taxes to fund these programs. But there's no, there's no programs, folks, for us. There is no relief for you and I at all because they think we got our relief during the pandemic. This is intending to turn the screws on us, to discipline labor once again. Now, why does all this matter? When you understand the stuff that I talk about through the lens of a sovereign currency issuer, you know that in order to solve a supply chain crisis that creates relative value stories, quote unquote inflation, until the government pays higher prices, it's not inflation. It's a relative value story. But until you look at this thing the right way, if you've got a supply chain issue, you don't sit there and try to gum up the works with deficit reduction. 
you sit there and you go after you. Well, <laughs> you should go after. You should go after anything that directly impacts the supply chain, whether it be mass transit, whether it be, you know, public transportation, whatever it is that impacts the supply chains. If it's incentivizing production of certain things in the United States, okay. But so much of this is the government's refusal to address free market capitalism, which isn't free market at all because the government sets the stage, it sets the terms. But if you're dealing with supply chain issues, you focus on supply chain issues. If you're dealing with a situation of price gouging, you address that with anti-monopoly legislation. You address that with antitrust legislation. You address that with patent reform. You address that with any number of things. But you don't do that by reducing the deficit that hurts Jane and Joe public. We had a shortage of semiconductors. It created problems for everything as frivolous as PlayStation 5s all the way through the most incredibly important internet appliances that run the internet. Okay. So they're talking about bringing some of that back here. But let's look at fuel production for a minute. We have people drilling in this country, but unless you say we are forbidding you from exporting this stuff until we have prices set in this country at a level that we're comfortable with, whatever that might be. There's, they can drill all day long in the U.S., and if they export, it didn't help us a bit. If we don't have enough masks, if masking is a big deal to you, and it is to me, but if it's a big deal to you, and you go ahead and you export your masks and you don't have enough for yourself or you export vaccinations or you export water or you export fuel or you export whatever and you do it because you can get a better price somewhere else but you leave the domestic land you're you're taking the resources from the domestic sending it abroad and then maintaining those profits okay that's that's not helping anyone i mean it's helping the capitalist class but that's certainly not any way, shape, or form of means of controlling costs of petroleum. They were afraid to discipline the petroleum industry. They were afraid to look at the environment and say, we need to quickly transition to solar energy now. Forget freaking cars, electric cars. I mean, there's as much ecological and environmental destruction mining lithium as anything else. See, and, and Wesley's got a point. The IRS has been underfunded for a long time. The agents just need to go after white-collar crime. Every enforcement entity is underfunded because libertarians, right-wingers, and corporate Democrats want a government small enough that it can be drowned in a bathtub, yet big enough that it protects their private property. Okay? So this Deficit Reduction Act, it, it rolls downhill, right? The people at the top won't feel it. The next tier won't feel it. The tier that does feel it a little bit, they'll feel it because of cost increases, because of businesses passing on those costs to them. 
but the people at the bottom will feel it big time. And I keep saying this because I got people out there say, well, what about corporate taxes are good? Corporations should be taxed. And, you know, I'm going to go with what Randall Ray says. I'm going to go with what Warren Mosler says. Both of them say that corporate taxes are highly regressive because the corporations don't end up actually paying them anyway. They just raise the price, pass that cost on to you, and then you pay their tax for them, plus your own tax, by the way. Ultimately, though, when you watch the people that should be out there fighting for us, see, if you're not feeling the pain, it's hard for you to go out there publicly and act like this is some horrible act against people because you're not going to feel it. It doesn't matter if we have Medicare for all, you're going to go to your top tier doctor. Cause, and if you don't have a top tier doctor through your insurance, I'm sure you've got plenty of money laying around just simply to go get whatever doctor you want, whenever you want, however you want the rest of us, not so much. Right? So unfortunately the people that really desperately need help, have the least amount of voice in this as usual. The people that are supposed to be the champions for the poor are living pretty damn good lives. And they're going to maintain those social graces with these people that are killing us. Oh, hi. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, Kamala, let's go have a drink. Here, let's, let's go to a fundraiser together. Let's go to the Met. Let's go to the gala. I could be sitting there saying, you're killing people. Not going to happen. Nope. Even if it's true, they're not going to say it. Because it's more important to allow this illusion of respect and decor and and super, super polity, this niceness, this kindness, this gentleman thing. If you suffer down there, guys, just stop whining, all right? Do you want Republicans to get in office? Suffer quietly, damn it. Just suffer quietly, please. We're going to go to brunch. No, Kamala and I are going to go out and have a mini petty day. Everything about this bill is trash. None of this is the right thing. None of it. I mean, what what are the Democrats going to run on in November? Hey, we're not the Republicans. Hasn't that gotten sick? Haven't you just about lost your lunch over that line of, you know, discourse? Aren't you tired of being told there's no alternative? Aren't you tired of people that are above you in the economic order that have access to all these people? Aren't you tired of them punching down, telling you to stop being using crass language or being coarse or, you know, being salty or whatever? Aren't you tired of them punching down instead of punching up? Aren't you tired of the kid gloves and the white glove treatment? Don't you feel abandoned? People that know that, Deficit reduction hurts the littles that aren't out there talking about it being murdered. Doesn't that bother you? It bothers the hell out of me. You know, tomorrow's 
podcast on macaron cheese is with Jason Hickel. And for those of you who follow Jason, Jason wrote the book Less is More, The Divide. Um, He's got a few other great books out there and lots of great writing. And we talked about what would it look like if we actually took climate catastrophe as a here and now emergency? He wrote this article in Current Affair about a year ago, and we kind of revisited it now. You don't want to miss this. I love Jason Hickel. He's in that academic stratosphere. He is an activist as well, and he doesn't bow and curtsy. He's not afraid to tell the truth about what we're up against. He's not afraid to talk about the people that are getting screwed and destroyed. He's not afraid to say the words that need to be said. I think it's important for people that have that kind of privileged position to not laud the things that they know are wrong, to not keep trying to make people that are on the brink of freaking falling apart to just suck it up one more time in the name of politeness. This act is called the Inflation Reduction Act, but the only thing it really does in the here and now is reduce the deficit. In spite of Stephanie Kelton's national bestseller, the deficit myth, Joe Biden, Jason Furman, Larry Summers, all the other scumbag elite are out there chicken-necking, pimp-stepping, goose-stepping because they got their deficit reduction in place because who is their master? Who are they taking orders from? They're taking orders from big business that wants us to stop asking for more. We're throwing their ROI equations out of whack so they need to make us step down a peg except a little less in life. What kind of government constantly spends its time trying to make you and I accept the worst deal, accept the worst life, accept worst circumstances? What kind of person constantly makes the person saying, I see through this, it's not cool. What kind of person makes that person the bad guy? What kind of horrible wretch punches down when they know damn well the people up that maybe they're even going to lunch with, that maybe they're sitting there in a conference room with, on a Zoom with? Maybe those people should be the ones getting yelled at, getting treated like shit. Aren't you tired of everything that matters to you being ignored? And aren't you tired of being told to shut up when you make mention of it? Who are our champions? 
when I talk to activists and others about we have to organize outside of the duopoly, outside of the party process, I'm not talking about third parties. I'm not saying not, I'm not, they're not my focus. I'm saying that individuals who are awake and realize what's going on, people who are angry, people who don't have time to wait on all the polite people of society to get through their brunch and their avocado toasts and their skinny lattes, their nice nights on the beach watching the sunset as they drink their high-end wines, talk with friends without a care in the world. I'm not talking about, I want us to organize collectively outside of party taint where we don't have to say, well, the party said this is the best they could do, so we got to celebrate it. We need to add our voice to this equation. We need to be there. And we can't. We can't get anywhere. We have people that have listened to this show, talked, listened to me, supported me for years. That when I say the same thing I've said for the last eight years, seven years, six years, five years, four years, are really, really upset that I'm not singing the praises and not chasing after Donnie Tiny Hands. Now, I want to explain something to you. There are people out there who desperately want to be attacked. Being attacked makes them a martyr. Once you martyr them, their people come to defend them. Unfortunately, people who really need to be defended are typically not defended. Okay, Activists who speak their mind are typically kicked to the curb, not defended. That's the only people they could defend are the bad guys up above. Okay, But if we don't start recognizing that we have to be outside of that party influence, outside of their control, where they say, you know what, legislative agenda is set, we are not doing a Green New Deal because Joe Biden doesn't believe in a Green New Deal. Well, I don't give a fuck what Joe Biden thinks. We, the people, need a Green New Deal. We, the people, need a Green New Deal. We need a job guarantee. We need a just transition. We need to end student debt. We need all these things. And to just sit there and say, well, cinema and mansion you know, wouldn't allow it to happen. Didn't some loser, asshole, son of a bitch tell us that the reason why we had to get Joe Biden in there was because he can work across the aisle and he can get things done? I think there's a quote of him doing it out there somewhere. He hasn't been able to get anything done. And he's had plenty of sycophants running around singing his praises that no Joe Biden is a neoliberal piece of shit who know that Joe Biden has fattened up the police force and, and fully funded the police and offers up huge dollars to police, but not to regular people. Still hasn't rescheduled marijuana, still hasn't reduced student debt to eliminate it and get rid of it and be done with it and make college free. None of the things that we asked has he done, not even $2,000 checks. Oh, yeah, the parliamentarian. There's always a rotating villain waiting to block something. But 
more to the point, there's always a person out there amongst us who's got Stockholm syndrome, who's ready to sing the praises of their oppressor or worse, just do the bitching and fighting at you and me for speaking out. How dare you speak out? Who are you? What do you want? A Republican? I, I, I see no pull to the left. I see no accountability. I see no plan. I see no coherent strategy. I see them positioning people like Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, other conservatives, other bull weevils, other Dixiecrats, other technocrats, Rokana, who has largely become a simp for Silicon Valley. I mean, folks, we're not allowed to criticize the squad because they don't have enough power and blah, blah, blah. But what happens if they, instead of trying to quote unquote, have power and try to get on committee seats, which God, let's say hypothetically, each one of them got seated on some committee seat. Have you seen anything come from them at all? If all we do is elect them so that they can be quiet and tuck tail and sit there and say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, please, and thank you, that's not what I want. That's not what I'm looking for. Joe Manchin by himself has the power to say, hell no. Why wouldn't one of these squad members say, if you don't do this, I'm not going to pass this bill either. I mean, seriously but we're not allowed to criticize them. Why? Why are why why are you the bad guy for calling out this stuff? Yo, you just got to understand. No, I'm when I go to bed at night and I can't sleep because of the pain and suffering inside my jaw from teeth. I, the last thing in the world I'm thinking about is well, oh, I got to feel so bad for these elected officials who are kowtowing and gaslighting us. The last thing I do is think about, oh my goodness, what a shame. So the Deficit Reduction Act didn't do anything for us. And I'm really, really at a point now where I see that the same people are going to try to loop us all back into voting for whatever blue candidate is thrown at us, whatever potato is thrown at us. And then on the flip side, I see people not understanding that I'm not saying don't vote, which is just repulsive to me, the level of thick-headedness. But act like direct action, focused, committed organizing to bring about change is somehow or another a bad thing i just the enemy is i the enemy is we i wish i could point to the bad guys up there but i can't get past all the gatekeepers and gaslighters down here that try to tell me i'm wrong and i should shut up and just eat my peas it's 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 i, I literally you can't even get to that level to fight them because you've got gatekeepers that are supposed to be allies blocking your voice.
excommunicating you, ignoring you, punching down at you, trying to diminish your stature, diminish your voice. So bottom line is, is that I don't have a whole lot of hope for America and I don't have a whole lot of hope for the future right now. It's pretty depressing because what happened with the ACA? When everybody passed the ACA, everybody kept telling me, Steve, it's the gateway drug to getting, uh, you know, to getting Medicare for all through the door. If we pass the ACA, it's just a transition program and it'll get us over there uh, to, uh, It'll get us our Medicare for all. But what do we see with Joe Biden? Biden sees this as a legacy thing. Him and Obama passed the ACA. This is their deal. You know? Here, I'll put this up here. I, 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 I'm, I'm really, really frustrated. I'm really, really frustrated. And I'm really frustrated with people who I know and love that know better, but won't do better. I'm, I'm really, really frustrated. I'm really, really frustrated. I'm depressed. We can't make any change whatsoever. I mean, I want you to understand something. It's 2022. And instead of thinking bold and big to save society and save the planet, we literally just passed a deficit reduction act. Literally, just now. It's literally what's happening right now. All the talk, all the everything that we talked about, everything that we talked about for the last decade, every single thing we talked about, just gone because after all, the Democrats passed this deficit reduction act. Fadal Kaboob was on... Muslim television earlier today, I believe. And poor Fadl, you could see it. He sat there and he had to be the pitch man for what the bill was. But then in a very, very academic way, because he was on an actual television show, he point blank said, yeah, this might make some difference way down the road. This might, might make some difference down the road, but at the end of the day, this is the Deficit Reduction Act. It's not an Inflation Reduction Act. This does nothing to deal with any of the inflation at all. None. You know? None. It's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. And I don't hold out a lot of hope. When people have heard you for 10 years, 8 years, Suddenly you're celebrating deficit reduction. You know that your life was a waste. Your work was a waste. Everything you tried to do was a waste. You didn't reach anybody. They didn't hear you. They didn't care. Just a waste of your time, waste of all your putting your family on the side, rushing to do these things, killing yourself in the middle of a work day, crushing yourself, staying up late at night to get these messages out. Why? So people could ignore it and pretend like you're full of shit and you're wrong. Wait till, wait till the Democrats start putting Pete Buttigieg, Rat Boy, up there as their nominee. Wait 
till you get the choice of voting for Pete Buttigieg. Wait till that happens because they're grooming him right now. People that hate Pete Buttigieg right now who know, know this. In a few years when the Democrats say you will vote for this guy, they will be right there scolding anybody who holds to what we said today. We're talking today. We can't stand Pete Buttigieg. Give it a minute. Give it a minute. You will be chastised. You will be lectured. You will be shit on when you say, I'm not voting for Pete Buttigieg. Wait, it's coming. Just be prepared. People that are your friends and loved ones that know right now Pete Buttigieg is a piece of shit. The minute the Democrats say that you have to vote for Pete Buttigieg, you, wild horses couldn't keep them from a voting booth to vote for Pete Buttigieg. That's the dead honest truth. I don't know how to fix that. I don't know how to fix that. I thought we were doing good work all this time. I really did. I thought we'd been doing good work for years, but apparently not. Apparently, suddenly we've lost our minds. Apparently, suddenly all the messaging we've said for the last 10 years, seven years, whatever, just not real. It's just fake. It was just a lie. It's just whatever. Doesn't have any lasting effect. People go right back to whatever they were saying. Whatever somebody else says, whatever Democrats say will be the new narrative. Yep, there you go. There's the nihilist view. <laughs> Thank you, Shane. I appreciate that. You know, I'm I'm telling you right now, in order to ever have a third party or anything like that, or even to have ranked choice voting or any of these things, you have got to get the Democrats to be willing to take that and say, we're willing to give up our power to allow for ranked choice voting. You think they're going to do it? Seriously, just, just asking, because we keep giving air cover to people that don't do the hard things for us on our behalf because they don't have power or whatever. There's not enough of them, whatever. So bottom line is which one of them do you think is going to hold the line for implementing ranked choice voting? Most States don't have uh, what do you call it? They don't have um, uh, most States don't have uh, referendums. They don't have the ability to put things out to the people. It's only not even 30 of them, like 26 out of 50. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be. You know, I want to say something, Kathy. I'm not hopeless. I'm hopeless because the people that we need to rally are busy carrying the water for the people that are hurting us and punching down at us for daring to say we're hurting instead of punching at the people that are not serving us and giving them excuses for not serving us for not even fighting for us, for not even, for not even being gallant in their fight by playing with freaking cotton swabs on their fists. I, 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 I'm, I'm not hopeless. I, I don't feel hopeless. I feel like there's hope, but I feel like the only way that hope is going to happen is when you get people to realize that they can't wait for a politician to do it for them. We've got to make it incredibly uncomfortable for politicians, even the ones we love, or they're not going to do it because they're always going to have somebody there saying, it's okay. It's okay, sweetie. There's just not enough of you. Don't worry about it. 
Don't risk your seat. It's okay. Don't do anything that will, you know, make you get hammered in like a nail that's come up. You know, we, we can't have you there. Hide. We'll keep you in the shadows. No need for you to rally the sunrise movement anymore. No need to get out there and do the things that you were doing before. We, you're now firmly part of the establishment. I want to be able to hold people accountable and not feel like I'm the bad guy for saying it. You know? See, ultimately, whoever's in office, whether it be Republican or Democrat or anybody, they have to pass bills. They have to vote. So the issue isn't whether or not Democrats are in office or whoever. The issue is, is there enough external pressure being put on them to force them to do their jobs? And there's always a gatekeeper waiting to sweep the legs of activists who are saying enough's enough. I mean, yeah, ballot initiatives. Some there's few states that have it. And yes, you're right. Definitely MMT is hope. It's genuine hope. But why in the world is it? Why in the world is it that we expect to just sit there and complain endlessly on Twitter, but not be willing to roll up our sleeves and do the hard work to take this battle on? That's, that's where my heart's at. That's where my head's at, okay? I'm not going to carry the water for a public servant politician. I'm not. I'm here for people, for regular people. All the things that you loved about Bernie Sanders' platform is what I'm for. And more, by the way, beyond that. I'm further left than that. But regardless, all the stuff that you loved about Bernie Sanders is what I'm for and what this organization is for. Okay? And what these shows are for and what we do are for. If you support the Bernie Sanders platform, not the Joe Biden platform that's watered-down bullshit, neoliberal crap, but if you actually support that, you don't need a leader at the top saying it anymore. You already have the playbook. There's nothing preventing us from organizing around that and making demands. There has to be a credible threat that you won't vote for them, that you will not support them, that you will not whatever. There has to be a credible threat that if you don't do these things, we will not support you. There has to be that credible threat has to be a credible threat that you won't support them just doing what they do has to be a credible threat to their ability to stay in office, you know? And if all we're going to do is punch down at activists for daring to speak out, then there really is no hope. Then there really is no hope. And once I feel that there's no hope in that respect, that's a real game changer because then I'm going to be, then I'm going to be refocusing. I think there's hope now, but I don't think there's hope in the typical way that you think there's hope. I think there's hope in us outside OWS 2.0, making demands, following through, staying consistent. And to me, that's the path forward. Will it work? 
Not if everybody spends all their time punching down at activists trying to organize instead of, you know, why in the world do people defend public servants? I mean, seriously, why is it that their attention is to defend a public servant and not defend the activist who's screaming for change? It's heartbreaking. It's devastating. Keeps me up at night, causes me to lose sleep, causes me to feel sick. I don't know what it does to you all, but I know it doesn't help because I am focused 24 by 7 by 365, and I feel every bit of the weight of us not doing this. And I feel it's my fault. At least to the degree that I have any control over any of this stuff. And I feel shitty. I feel really shitty. Anyway, please check out tomorrow's uh, macaron cheese, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It'll be released. It's available on all podcasting platforms. Please come to our website, realprogressives.org. You can go to the media section. You'll find the Rogue Scholar there, followed by macaron cheese and, and other um, products that we put out. We work really hard and we're committed and we're not flim flam. And we certainly don't change like the wind. We're consistent. For people that aren't consistent, that could be a problem. For people who are consistent, well, you don't have to wake up tomorrow and wonder where we stand. We've been saying modern monetary theory is the pathway forward for many years. We've been talking about Bernie Sanders' platform for many, many years. We've been talking about leftist values for many, many years. We've been talking about union uh, organizing for many, many years. Countless podcasts that I've done with big leaders on this stuff. From Sarah Nelson to Joe Burns to Jeff Reisberg, Mariana, um, Marceau, Garceau, I think it is, Garneau. Um, lots and lots of effort put into talking about union organizing. And um, yeah, that's where we're at, folks. So check it out. Look forward to seeing from you. If you feel like we're doing a good job and you like the fact that we're not just going with the standard narrative, please subscribe to our channel. We really need the subscriptions. It's free. Clicks free, right? Just subscribe free. Like the video. It's always free to like a video, and it really helps us out because these algorithms are brutal, you know? And leaving comments appeases the engagement algorithm, okay? Of course, we are a nonprofit. We have two nonprofits. We have the 501c3, which is Real Progressives, which is our education think tank. We have 501c4, which is Real Progress in Action, which is our political wing. Please feel free to support both of them. We look forward to your volunteering and signing up on our website, www.realprogressives.org. With that, my name is Steve Grumbine. I am the Rogue Scholar, and I am out of there. The Rogue Scholar is a production of Real Progressives. If you would like to support our work, please visit patreon.com slash realprogressives.